listened to the first episodes of this show, you know my guest. Nathan Gilmore is one of the founders of Team Gant and subsequently my boss and a good friend. It was fun recording with him a while back, and I had a topic idea for the show that I knew he'd love, and that's productivity. In this discussion, we talk about what productivity means to us, how we're managing our own productivity, and also some big moves that we made here at Team Gantt. And we have to be showing some positive results in the productivity department, which is kind of cool. There's even a new saying that came up in this discussion, there's weakness in numbers. Bet you never heard that one, but it's one that you'll likely remember. I know that I will. All right, I'm going to stop now so you can dig into the discussion. Hey, Nathan, welcome back to Time Limit. How are you? Hey, hey, Brett, doing good. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for joining me. How's it feel to be behind the podcasting mic again? <laughs> yeah, I, well, especially since I didn't bring the right mic, it's a little different, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, um, it's, it's fun. This is exciting. Cool. Well, I, I wanted to say that because I think folks should know that you and John Corelli started Time Limit and I took over and kind of changed the format of the show at about, I think, episode five or six. Yeah. Um, and I was a part of some of those early kind of conversational episodes. So it's good to have you back. Yeah, well, we're we're glad that you've taken it to a whole new level than what we could have done. So very, very glad that you've you've cool. done this and done so well with it. Well, I'm happy to do it. So I invited you on because I want to talk about productivity with you because I've worked with you for a while now, more formally, probably like the past two and a half years, but probably like five years total or even more. Um, and you have always struck me as a person who's really into productivity, meaning that it kind of seems like you're tuned into kind of how to optimize your work days, get the most out of your day. And I kind of want to get into some practices and decisions eventually in this conversation, but I'm kind of curious, like, is productivity something that you grew to like and to hone on your own as a professional? Or is it something that you've just always been drawn to? Yeah, I th that's a good question. Um, it's, it's definitely something that I've had to work and hone over time for sure. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a naturally super productive person you know like if i think back to high school college right like um you know i did fine and everything but it wasn't until i really got into working and more of career oriented that um i wasn't super concerned about productivity as much as i was just accomplishing things and i think yeah. in order to accomplish things especially aggressively you have to be productive Totally. Yeah, I'm with you. I think productivity wasn't a thing for me until I was under the gun to produce stuff yeah. and get it out. Right. And, and like deadlines started piling up and I was like, I just need to figure out a process for how I can just get stuff done and feel good about it and feel like I've got some kind of process that I'm working behind. So what are the kinds of like things that you do or some practices you've tried that you feel like have boosted your personal productivity? That's a good question. I, I think it, going back to even when we first, when we started Team Gantt um, back in the early days there, like it's always been about picking the right thing to work on, um, prioritizing uh, and knowing what it is, right? Because if you, you could be productive you could be getting a lot done, but if you're doing the wrong thing, it's a complete waste of time, right? Um, so, so I really think it's been a matter of just planning, thinking ahead, 
looking, you know, stepping back, looking at the goal. What is it you want to accomplish and backing into it from there? Um, planning, you know, what do I want to accomplish this year, this quarter, this month, this week, today? And knowing that you're identifying the most important thing to work on that day. And I think more than anything, if you know that one important thing you need to do that day, then that gives you the motivation to do it because you're thinking, all right, I know that this thing here is going to matter. It's not going to just matter today, but it's going to matter a year from now or five years from now. And it's important. And I know that it's the most important thing I should be doing. And if I do this, I'm going to accomplish my goal and I'm going to move forward. And um, so I think that's the most important thing is just knowing that one important thing you need to get done that day. So those words sound familiar. You're basically saying always have a plan. <laughs> that's right. Planning isn't optional. Always have a plan. <laughs> there you go. It's a mantra for a good reason, though. Like, I, I agree with you. I think I, what's really cool in that statement is like, it's looking really big picture. Like, I think with productivity, we tend to focus on like, what can I get done today or within the like the next three hours, right? But this idea that like you have a bigger plan and that things kind of roll up to the bigger picture helps you to make decisions and be better in the moment. Uh, makes tons of sense. Absolutely. You don't want to be spinning wheels. You know, you don't want to just be working, 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 doing tons of stuff, being in meetings, answering emails, doing all this stuff. And then at the end of the day, what did I get done? What happened? What would I actually do, Right. And so there's a very big difference between being busy, getting little meaningless things done versus uh, making real progress towards your goals. Yeah. So I'm curious. um, So I I assume that you have a to-do list. Mm -hmm. Do you you keep some level of a to-do list? Like what's the format? How do you do that? Yeah, sure. Uh, So definitely, I mean, obviously (laughs) use Team Gantt. Um, Mm -hmm. So you know, just like we do, uh, you know, I mean, you know how things work internally here where we, we basically every quarter do our quarterly planning. And we say, what is the first we start with the goals, right? What is it we, we want to accomplish this quarter? And we have, you know, multiple teams in the company. And we go through and we look at this is what we want to accomplish this quarter with this team. And then, okay, how are we going to do that? And we plan out our projects. Um, you know, and we'll plan out in detail anywhere from one to three months. Uh, we may not plan out the full quarter in detail, depending on the work that's being done. Um, but we'll plan out at least a month in detail. Um, so we know where we're going and then we can just simply wake up that day, the next day, log into team Gantt, click on, you know, the button for yourself there to see exactly what you need to do that day or that week. And it's right there. And you just, you don't even have to think you've already planned it out. Love the idea of being able to go back to a plan. So many people just don't recognize the fact that, like, I don't know if it's that plans seem like they're too formal or whatever it is, but they can help you on on all of the levels that you just mentioned. It's like big picture planning, quarterly planning, weekly planning, monthly planning, daily planning, really what it comes down to. And yeah, I mean... Team Gantt is my solution aside from having a little field notes notebook and a pen next to my, yeah. my desk that I'm always writing in. Yeah. But the important stuff always makes it back to the plan. Yeah. Uh, there's, so you, yeah, absolutely. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, yeah, there's, there's nothing like having some pencil and paper nearby. I mean, for me, for me now, actually, I don't really use pencil and paper. I've switched over to iPad and I use good notes on an iPad. 
And but I always have an Apple pencil. I'm holding it right now, and that's where I can scratch down little little things during the day that come up, things I need to do in meetings. And then I leave. I mark little boxes next to each thing of this is an action item I need to do. And then if it's you know an action item that needs to go in the project, then later that's what I do. I just put it right into Team Gantt. And I can schedule it because maybe something needs to be done tomorrow. Maybe something needs to be done today or maybe something needs to be done next month. But that way we can track it. Right. It's funny. I've also got the iPad with the Apple Pencil in front of me yeah. and I always go back to the paper. I need to train myself. Do you uh, like I find that with a lot of when I try something new to help me with productivity, like I have to train myself. Yeah to do that thing or use that thing. Cause otherwise I just fall back to my kind of de facto, which is essentially a notebook, but, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but the Apple, the iPad is pretty cool. And the pencil. Yeah, it is. It is cool. And you know, yeah, it definitely takes a little while to form that new habit, right? Like that usually takes what, three weeks or so they say, I guess, to form a new habit. Um, but I mean, paper, you know, it's like, if you like the paper, use the paper, right? Like it's kind of the same right. thing. I just find, I would find that I would run out of paper in the notebook, have to buy a new notebook, but now I can organize things. Like I have like probably six or seven notebooks in my, in my iPad now, you know? Yeah. And I don't have to carry around six or seven different notebooks, but I have one for marketing. I have one for product. I have one for, you know, general business stuff. I have one for personal things. I have, you know, and I just got all these different notebooks. I can just flip between very easily. So um, that convenience just made it. Uh, worth it for me. Absolutely. So you kind of, you mentioned a a little bit earlier about kind of managing the company and managing team, uh, which is a a big part of of what you're doing at Team Gantt. And I'm wondering, are there any kind of like guiding values that you use to help you to kind of manage the company and manage a team, but also kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what the company is doing productivity wise or even what individuals are, are doing in their jobs? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so again, that would go back to setting up the goals and we make sure we write the goals down every quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the principle. I mean, the, the high level principle is I want to make sure everybody knows where we're going, right? What is it we're trying to achieve? What is the goal as a company we're trying to achieve and on the team that they're trying to achieve and individually that they're trying to achieve. And what, you know, what is that North star? What are they, what are they going towards? Um, so that's, we got to make sure we have that set. Um, so that's what we always check on quarterly. And then after that, we go in and we go into the detail and we create the plans. And once we have the plans all set, everyone creates Gantt charts and team Gantt. We everybody assigns tasks to everybody. We look at the workloads. We make sure, like, is anybody overbooked, underbooked? Um, do we need to add more work, take more work away? What's realistic? If it's too much, we pull some things out for the quarter. We say, you know what, that's going to have to wait till next quarter. Um, and uh, and then after that, we meet uh, every week. We, uh, I'll meet with each team. Um, well, I meet with each team inside of. Um, uh, marketing and I work on um, like design projects and everything, uh, a lot of product design, everything. And we'll work, you know, I'll meet with anybody that's, you know, on those, in those areas. And we've got three separate uh, small marketing teams right now. And we'll just meet with each one. And every week, the first thing we've been doing, especially recently, is we look at the goal. And that's the first thing because I found in the past, if we don't look at the goal every week, we forget what the goal is. 
and that's so easy to do, right? You set the goal at the beginning of the quarter, and then by the end of the quarter, it's like, wait, what was that goal? Did we hit it? We got so busy just doing busy work. Um, so now we actually look at the goals every single week in the meetings, and we say, okay, cool, where are we at? We got little charts we just pull up, and we can just quickly see how we're tracking, okay, how's the work going, you know? And we look and we see, in Team Gantt, it's really easy to see if you're ahead of schedule or behind schedule, um, you know, for each person, each team. And we can look at that. We see if there's anything's running behind, if there's any holdups. Um, and, and we just go from there, and we can just keep a, a nice pulse on both the goal and the actual progress of the project that's supposed to hit that goal. Yeah, I, I like that approach. And, you know, I'm one of the people in those meetings kind yep. of looking looking at goals. And I think what, I, what I'm finding with that approach, well, first of all, I mean, it's, it's always good to have a goal, like yeah. for your project, for your quarter, for, you know, for whatever you're planning. But the idea of keeping the goals uh, at the kind of the forefront of the discussion about what you're doing, it just it contributes to positive productivity, right? Like I'm finding that when I think about that goal or if I'm like entering data to input against the goal to kind of see where we are with it, it makes me think through things that I could be doing better or optimizing workflows to kind of make things a little bit easier. Um, Are you, are you finding the same thing? Like just kind of thinking about the goal brings up different ideas or ways of working? Oh my goodness, absolutely. You know, that the goal is what steers everything, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, right, just with like this podcast, for example. You know, if it was like, all right, I just need to put a podcast out every week versus the goal is to get this many people to listen to the podcast, it's two totally different things, right? Right, And you start right. thinking about, okay, well, I don't need to just put it out, but how do I need to get people to listen to it, Right. It's the same thing with our mm-hmm. product, right? Like, you know, we just we have goals, you know, around that and, you know, getting people to use it and everything. And that makes you think like, okay, what do we need to do here? And um, it just absolutely, it, it, the goal is what, it's the very top, right? And then it, it just funnels down. It helps you think about strategically, all right, now what should we do to hit that goal? Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about a topic that, I think is really interesting and it's pretty unique to Team Gantt as a company. So over the past year at Team Gantt, uh, we went from working on Fridays to then transitioning into doing half days on Fridays mm-hmm. and then to basically embracing a full four-day weekend, so, or a four-day work week, sorry. <laughs> so Maybe that's uh, next year. So basically, <laughs> yeah, right? Hmm, I'm planting seeds. <laughs> Uh, so this idea that like we're working four days, Fridays are off. Right. Um, I kind of want to dig in if you're comfortable with it, kind of like dig in on the decisions there. Cause there's like, we've had conversations about productivity surrounding that decision that I think are really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I guess first to kind of like start it off, what made you decide to start with the half days? We didn't want to work Friday afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it it uh, it was kind of one of those things. I mean, I, I'm curious if you felt this way in the past, Brett. Like, you work all week. Honestly, by Friday, you're getting a little tired, right? And by Friday afternoon, you kind of feel like you're just pushing through to get just to see 5 o'clock come around, you know? 
Right. And right. I mean, that's, I feel like it's the most unproductive four hours of the week is Friday afternoon. You know, you're tired. I agree. You're thinking about the weekend. Um, you're, you know, you've already done a bunch of stuff. Um, now you're just kind of waiting out the clock and you're doing some stuff, but it's, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of, it's just put, just watching the clock. Yeah. I think by the end of the week, you're kind of at that point where you want to look back at that to-do list and see, okay, what are the things that can wait until next week? Um, if, if I can just like make the rest of this day a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, even worse is like when people schedule a meeting late in the afternoon on Friday, yeah. like that's probably the most unproductive meeting. You're right. Cause everyone's like, ah, oh, right. come on, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, and I mean, I'm still, you know, like you still kind of work through the afternoon, but it's like, of course you don't really want to, you know what I mean? It's like, not at the same like pace and fervor, it, right? Exactly. It's, it's like you're, you're working to get the day done. Exactly. Monday you wake up, you're ready to go by Friday afternoon. You're thinking about the weekend, right? So that right. I think that exactly. kind of sparked it a little bit, you know. If I'm honest, okay. just me and John talking about it, kind of like, um, you know, w- what if we did this as just a nice, fun thing to do? We did it over the summer a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. We thought let's just do this through the summer, half day Fridays. It's just a nice perk, you know. We'll try it for the whole company. We'll see what happens with productivity. We'll see what happens with morale. We'll just see how it goes. And I mean, it was a big success. We all enjoyed it. We found we were able to do fun things on Friday afternoons. We didn't see any significant drop in productivity or goals or metrics or anything. So, yeah. um, so then it like, then in September, we went back to the full day Fridays and we were doing that. And then Christmas time came around. It was Thanksgiving. And we said, well, what if we do between Thanksgiving and Christmas? And we take the half day away. And, um, and we did it again, and we we're like, "This is great." And then we we're kind of like, "Well, what if we just keep it?" <laughs> and so then it just stuck right. after that. So we gave it a couple of trial yeah. runs, watched everything, kept an eye on it, and it 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 felt good. And it's um, it's just something. It's just you know, we can continue to talk about it, but you know that, and even the full day decision, I think have been have been good, very good things for a number of reasons. Yeah. Well, the full day decision kind of felt like, all right, when, when coronavirus really hit, everybody was really impacted. And I think we just started taking Fridays off, maybe not for that reason. Right. But that, that decision, I I remember as an employee, I was like, wow, okay, this is really awesome. Like, this is great, you know, to have a day off at the same time, just me being me, I thought, oh man, I've got to cram four days of work in uh, five days of work into four days. Yeah. And if I'm honest, it wasn't that hard. Like, I mean, obviously I can't speak on behalf of the entire company, Yeah. but I think the drive to like have that day off, like it it just makes you work harder to get the things done because you know that it's such a great benefit that you don't want to lose it. You know, it's like this idea with probably the whole team is, if I start to slack and things aren't getting done, then these Fridays are probably going to go away because it's obvious that things aren't working, yeah. right? Like if, if you can't prove that you can be productive in that time, then you don't really deserve to have that time off. I mean, I don't know if you feel that way, but it's been cool that that decision has stuck. Um, and I've talked to a few people on the team about it and we all feel like our productivity levels are higher 
because we know that we have that one less day and our days are more structured now yeah. intentionally yeah. Um, to really get the work done. And, and personally, having that structure in my day is something that I've always tried to do, even though it's really difficult to do as a project manager. Yeah. But now as like somebody who's just producing, um, it's a little bit easier for me to do that. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. You know, it was kind of like, I was a little nervous going into it. Just like, what's this, what's this going to be like? But I mean, I would agree completely, completely with everything you said. You know, it's just, you do work harder those four days. You're, you're, and you, you have the energy to do it because the end isn't in sight so much quicker. You just got to make it till end of the day, Thursday. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, and you just, I got a new excitement for work from it. Um, I, you know, if I'm honest, I was probably having a little bit of burnout creeping in, especially with just a, you know, 2020 being what it was and everything, you know, and, uh, right. And I think everybody on the team was, I was just really getting a sense of, um, you know, morale just, you know, I mean, everything was still going well here at team Gantt, but it was still just like morale just seemed to be down a little bit. Right. And yeah, I mean, there's no way around that with what's happening in the world. Right. 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 Exactly. So when we had, when we had that, we're all said now we have three whole days off in a row. Um, we can work four really good solid days and we set up those four days for success. Meaning we don't have a ton of meetings. We don't have a bunch of interruptions. We, you know, we can get four really good days of quality work in that's 32 hours. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time to do something mm-hmm. meaningful and to get some, make some real movement and real accomplishments that week. Um, and then it, it's, I think on the personal side, there's huge benefits to that. I mean, yeah. I would say it's almost, I would say it's kind of, I would say it's life changing <laughs> in a way, you know, I don't know if you would agree with that, but it's when you have, cause you have Saturdays that, especially if you have a family, right? You've got soccer games, you've got kids' birthday parties, you've got things that come up. Saturday's already a busy day. Sunday is, you know, church and other family things. They can be a busy day. So you don't really have that down day. Now that we've got the Fridays off, there's um, somewhat more of a down day. I mean, I still end up filling it up with things, but, like, we've been able to do some really cool things, family-related or per- or personal productivity around the house or something on Fridays that just changes things. And it's changed personal life for the better as well as uh, professional life. So, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think for me at this point, uh, Friday has become a day where I can focus on things that I want to do. Yes. Uh, Whether that's like, you know, health related, working out, hiking, you know, running that kind of stuff. Um, working on like little side fun prod, like creative projects, whether it's something in my home, something online, something with a friend, like it just opens up a lot of opportunities that I think allow you to have a little bit more space in your head. Like you, you make room for things that are not work, which I think is really healthy and important. And, And I agree with you. It's hard to do that Otherwise, when you are 
overcommitted with things, uh, working, you know, full time every day of the week. Right. So I, I, I agree. I think that that extra day gives you just kind of a little bit of wiggle room in life to kind of yeah. focus in different yeah. areas. It's, it's, that, it's good for mental health. It's right? that breather that you need, I think. Um, yep. especially when you're in it for the long term, you know, like we are with team Gantt, like this is a, it's a long-term thing. We've already been at it for 10 years. And I right. think to sustain something for a long time, um, it's a big help, you know. And and I think it's, I'm not saying this is necessarily for every company, right? But it depends on what your overall uh, mindset and goal for your company is, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like if you are trying to be a tech startup that wants to go out and raise a ton of capital, hire 100 people this year, and try and win all this market share and go nuts and get some crazy valuation. Yeah, you might have to put five or six days in, 70, 80 hours a week, right? Um, right. So we may not do, like, we probably won't, we're not going to do that. Um, that's not our, that's not Yeah, our, it's not for it's not everyone. Our, it's not that's, us. Yeah. Um, there's actually a really cool story that I was going to see if, if you mind if I read this. It's pretty short. But I feel like it sums okay, up yeah. our thinking about this really, really well. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. All right, cool. Let me, Let's hear it. All right. So so I, this is something that I found. There's this, Brett, you know, I talk about this company a lot. It's called Ugmonk, um, mm-hmm. U-G-M-O-N-K, Ugmonk. And it's, it's really run by this guy, Jeff Sheldon, who's a great designer, uh, makes all kinds of cool clothes and desk organization and backpacks and just all kinds of really neat things. Um, but he's small and he's kept his company small. He's been very, very successful. And on his, on his about page, uh, he, he shared this story, which I thought was really cool and it kind of helps, uh, it just really resonated with me. So, so it says here, and this is short, but once upon a time, a fisherman taught a banker a lesson that would change his life. The banker was vacationing in a small coastal village when a fisherman docked beside him with several beautiful large fin tuna in his small boat. The banker complimented the fisherman on his catch and asked how long it took. Just a little while, replied the fisherman. The banker then asked why the fisherman didn't stay out longer and catch more fish. As the fisherman unloaded the tuna one by one, he replied, because I have enough to support my family. Plus, I enjoy sleeping late playing with my children, taking an afternoon nap with my wife, and strolling into the village into the, in the evenings to sip wine and play guitar with my friends. The banker, who was extremely well-educated with an Ivy League education, scoffed and gave the fisherman a lesson in business. Spend more time fishing with the proceeds buy a bigger boat, and with those proceeds buy several boats. Eventually, you have a fleet of fishing boats, and you can move to a big city like L.A. or New York City to run your growing business. But then what, asked the fisherman. The banker chuckled condescendingly and said, then you could eventually announce an IPO, sell your company stock, and become a millionaire. But <laughs> then what, asked the fisherman, asked, uh, the fisherman asked again. The banker responded, then you can retire, move to a small coastal village, and enjoy sleeping late, playing with your children, taking an afternoon nap with your wife, and strolling into the village in the evenings to sip wine and play guitar with your friends. <laughs> the fisherman smiled at the banker, winked through the... Sh- uh, tuna over his shoulder and then carried uh, his catch to, into a town. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's <laughs> like you, sometimes people think about just working, working, working at all costs, right? 
to have monstrous right. success now and then 30, 40 years down the road, um, you know, you can enjoy these other things in life. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Like, we don't sleep in. We don't, you know, we don't take right. uh, naps all day. We don't, you know, we don't. But, you know, we work eight hours, four days a week, and it gives balance. Um, and I think that there's something where you got to look not just at your work productivity, but your, your overall life productivity or overall life goals. And, you know, it's all got to be work together, right? Like, um, you know, if you accomplish this and you end up doing some big IPO, but you, you haven't had a good relationship with your spouse or your kids, or um, you haven't had time to work out and exercise, you're going to just, I mean, then what, you know? So what if you have all this money at the end of the day, but your life is a mess, right? (laughs) So um, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's, there's something to that. I mean, it's like productivity isn't all just about trying to squeeze the most amount of work in the littlest amount of time, right? right. Like it, it, on some level, it is about paying to your, paying attention to yourself as a human being and yeah. making space and time to give yourself some breathing room because you can be more productive when you build space or a space to, to focus yeah. and be productive. And sometimes it's hard to do that when you're worked really hard. Um, but like you said, you know, that it's not all in the four day work week. Like we're not saying that that's like the, you know, the bulletproof solution. Yeah. It's not, it's certainly not for everyone. Uh, but, but I wanted to talk about it just because I do think it's an option that particularly smaller businesses might think about doing um, or even just the half days or even, you know, other solutions like that. Like you're not tied into working nine to five, eight to six or whatever your hours are every day of the week. I mean, for, are, for a lot of people getting down to working just nine to five is a major <laughs> obstacle. Right? Yeah. Right. Like, you <laughs> That's know, so like true. that, that could be life changing for someone to work nine to five or to work remotely now, which so many people are doing, right. Everybody's, some people are cutting two hours of uh car time off their day each day, which is huge. They are. um, And I bet a lot of those people are still having a hard time finding balance, right? You know, when you're, when you suddenly move your office home and there are other people in your home doing the same thing, like productivity kind of goes out the window. Yeah. So I'm sure that people are coming up with new productivity hacks left and right, all being forced kind of being at home now. Yeah. um, Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, And I I kind of want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I think you're right in that, you know, the the four day work week isn't the secret to success. Um, I think it's I think to me, when it comes to productivity, I think you have a couple levers you can pull. And I think, you know, you've got you can get really good at prioritizing, uh, which Mm -hmm. is important. I think that's very, very important. And then you can get really good at the quality of your work. And, um, so to me, it's like, if you can get the right priorities and you can get the quality, very, very good, then, then the time that you put in becomes more optional. You know what I mean? Right. So if you get, if you really have your priorities right and you really have your quality good and you're winning in those areas, then at that point you can reduce the amount of time that you have to put into work. And it allows you at that point to put time, more time into other things in life, right? Your family, projects around the house, 
charitable work, church work, you know, it, different things. It opens up these doors for these other things so you can still be productive and still accomplish, but in different areas of life. Um, and then you get these benefits um, that basically I think there's benefits when you go down to the four-day work week that helps to long-term success of a company, um, whether that's retention because, I mean, a lot of people like a lot of people want to stay at a company that's going to only have them work four days a week. It can be yeah. helpful in acquiring new hires. I mean, you say, hey, we're four days mm-hmm. a week. You know, we can go work for this person and want you to work 60 hours a week, right? It's a big, uh, it's a big thing there. You're going to have a happier team. Um, you're going to have a team that's not as burnt out. And when you have a team that's not as burnt out and you have people that, and you don't have constant turnover, then that actually helps with quality, right? Because you have people that have been there longer, that are excited, that are motivated. And it's almost a circle where now you've got that quality going good, which feeds back in and you're, you're able to continue with the four-day work week. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I also think that, you know, productivity levels tend to go up because you're just, you know, you're working within those new constraints and you're excited about those constraints, right? Like yeah. they're not bad constraints no. at all. And when issues do pop up on projects or between people, there you kind of look at those things through a different lens. Yeah. Um, the lens being, well, things could always be a lot worse. And by the way, we're, we're working four day work weeks like that. I think that kind of plays into that retention point that you made. Like um, your, your bar becomes a little bit higher for like what stresses you out yeah. because there's less stress yeah. in your life. Because you're, <laughs> right. Like That's right. It, it all kind of comes full circle to me. Um, that is, but I wanted to, right. yeah, go ahead. I want to talk about productivity kind of one level deeper, kind of getting back to you as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, one of one of the things about productivity is that it's often almost looked at um, in a positive way, like, hey, we're productive, but through a negative lens in that, like, if there's issues with somebody, it's probably related to their productivity. Like they can't get this thing done. Oh, the productivity is low. We have to sort things out. You know, like this is just like stuff that I've heard in my career as yeah. a project manager. Yep. And as a manager, like handling productivity, productivity issues with individuals can be difficult, you know, just based on personalities or yeah. relationships that you hold. Um, so we talked about goals. But I'm wondering if there are any, like for you as a manager, are there any indicators you look for that help you to guide someone to better practices or maybe to have a conversation about productivity and help them? Like, are there any flags that people should look out for? Yeah, I I mean, I think so. I mean, you know, that's again where um, our process with how we work each week is, right? So we've got Mm-hmm. Um, we've got team GAN set up and we can see in our projects what everybody should get done that week. Cause it was all planned out. Um, that person agreed to it. That person thought it was a good amount of time. They might've even set that time frame themselves of how much they think they can get done then. And then, you know, we can check in every week and there's actually even easy ways to just look at a calendar for each person and see how they're doing progress wise. Or you can filter it down in the GAN chart and just see, How's this person doing on their projects? Um, mm-hmm. And you can you can spot it, right? You can just see like, okay, wow, they've been running behind a lot. Or you can use baselines. You can set a baseline and then maybe a month later see how much those tasks got shifted. 
And then at that mm -hmm. point, if it's a trend for a while, then it's worth the conversation, you know? Um, and it's not something where you want to like attack somebody. Um, but of course, right. Not. Like, right. you know, <laughs> uh, I know you've had to have these kinds of conversations with people before, but it might just be a, Hey, I noticed, you know, we had, we, we had some timelines set. It looks like for the last month or two months, you haven't been hitting those timelines, you know, what's going on What you know, and they, and they may say, Hey, I've got this crazy thing going on in my personal life. I hadn't told you about and this, you know, and, um, or they may say, you know what? I just, I actually didn't feel like I had enough accountability. So, I mean, we've had people tell us that before, right? Like, I just didn't have enough accountability. So, I, I didn't feel the pressure to get stuff done, right? And so, it's like, oh, okay. So, right. maybe there's something I need to do to help. Um, and that, that kind of thing can happen. And it just could be all kinds of answers. And you just find out from them, what is it? Um, maybe they didn't, maybe you didn't give them enough, you didn't assign them enough work. Or maybe, you know, uh, it, it could be, it may be they're getting hit from too many angles, right? They're saying, well, I had this schedule, but then I had three other people hit me up this week because they needed this done. Um, you know, and then you go, okay, well, maybe we need to fix, fix that issue. Like you shouldn't be getting interrupted so much. Um, yeah. And, and it could be all kinds of things, but yeah, it's just a matter of getting down to the root of the problem and then fixing it. And that's even a, a, a big change we made recently was our team structures and everything to help with that. So absolutely. Right. Yeah, I like your response because I think typically what I would hear from someone who's a manager would be like, uh, yes, we're looking at data, which is a good thing to do always. Yeah. But then it might go down the path of we're comparing them to what other people are doing <laughs> on their projects, right? Or, or counterparts, mm -hmm. which is never right, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, even when you look at task estimates and work performed like it's all very personal and we tend to forget about that that there's so much impacting what someone does in a day um, not only their own kind of productivity routines but what's happening outside of their their work life yeah. what's happening in their personal life and so it's it's good for people to remember that um yeah it's it's great to use a plan um, but it's also good to have conversations about those things to get to the the heart of really what's going on. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Last question here. Um, we always make it quick and it's always about time limits, right? So productivity ostensibly is kind of all about saving time. So what are the things that you think, or maybe you recommend folks do in order to raise productivity level without adding overhead or adding time to do things, right? Like mm. I'll talk to people about to-do lists and they'll say, oh, that just feels like such a, a waste of my time. Like there's got to be a better way to do it. I don't know if you feel that way or if you have any kind of thoughts on things that people can do to raise productivity levels. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. But I know you said you want this to be quick. So I think, um, I think when I, when I hear about overhead and wasted time, I think about meetings and a lot of yeah. people being involved in something. Um, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a saying that I've been saying lately that uh, my wife came up with recently, which is there's weakness in numbers. <laughs> and um, I think it's pretty true. There's weakness in numbers because you get a lot of people together, all of a sudden now you can't move fast anymore, right? 
Like you've got to have all these meetings. You got to keep everybody in the loop. You've got, you know, you, you don't know who's covering what or who's doing what, or it, it just gets messy. Um, so I think one thing that I think, and this, I'm, the reason I'm talking about it is because, you know, we've, we've done this recently inside uh, Team Yen is breaking teams up to be as small as possible. And, you know, maybe two or three people on a team. Um, and then when you have that, if you have the small teams and those teams have freedom to work uh, in, in ways they think is, is going to be best, and they have the goals and the plans and everything set up, then they know what they need to do each day. They can do it, and they don't have to be – I mean, if wasted time, I mean, that's – oh, my goodness. Like, think about how many people have six meetings a day, Right. That's wasted right. time, right? Like, oh my gosh, that's wasted Especially time. If you don't need to be in it. Yeah. yeah, people that don't need to be in it, right? That's like such valuable wasted time. So, I mean, we try and keep a lot. If we introduce a new meeting, we try and get rid of one meeting. If it's a regular weekly reoccurring thing, right? Like, um, we just, you know, it's just really try hard to be, to keep meetings down to a minimum. Only people that really have to be in those meetings. And, um, make sure everybody knows what they need to do. Awesome. Uh, I agree with you. No, nobody loves meetings. Yeah, let's be honest. I, know, right? I, I was, I was at the PM summit last week. I, I have to say this, like we at the PM summit and, you know, presenters are presenting over zoom and the attendees are chatting in the chat and zoom. And uh, somebody starts talking about meetings. And one of the PMs in the audience said, I miss meetings. And I thought, wow, you're like the only one, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like not many people really love meetings. Like I like a meeting when, when like something gets accomplished, yeah. but if there's ever like an escape route from a meeting that I don't feel like I need to be in, I'm taking it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Cause you can be more productive, right? Like and that's what this is all about. Like that's why you said it, you know, like m- meetings can be a waste of time. And if you want people to be productive, then don't invite them to meetings that they don't need to be in or meetings that could have been an email. Yeah. And it's a false sense of productivity for a lot of people. So maybe the person that called the meeting, like, Oh, good. I had this meeting. We, we had the meeting. And in reality, you just wasted eight people's time, right? Like think of all the things that could have been done by those eight people. Um, you know, and it's like, you can have a bunch of meetings, but you'll probably definitely have to work Fridays and probably late evenings and over the weekend. And, you know, it's just not healthy. Um, so I, I think that, I think I would, I, I think it comes down to, if you do everything right, I think, I think planning isn't optional, but I think Fridays are optional. I like it. I think that's, I think that was a mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, thank you so much for making the time to do this with me. It's been a while since I've seen you in person, but it's good to to get a little time to talk one-on-one. So thanks for joining me again on Time Limit. Brett, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, there you have it. So what do you think? Is there weakness in numbers? Do you want to start the four-day work week? Maybe give it a shot. Trust me, it rules. Also, what are your productivity wins? Share them with me. You can reach out to me directly at brett at teamgant.com or even on social media. We're at Team Gant on Twitter. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and we're Team Gant Official on Instagram. Hope that we can connect there. If not, I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.